Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Hello. Long time. Good afternoon. Good evening. Yes. Yeah, it has been a while. (laughs) It has been over a month, according uh, as the last time we chatted on on the Google. I think we released the episode more recently than that, though, because... It took a while to get there. Dragged my feet, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know, to, to anyone who is attempting... To listen as we release and has been with us for a while. Thank you for your patience. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for patience. And I do apologize. I feel I, I genuinely feel these past couple of months, most of this is on me. Um, you know, once Hattie started daycare, the the number of illnesses that started just rolling in as she was, you know, surrounded sure. by other germ-ridden children, mm-hmm. uh, ha- has had a, a profound effect on all of us. So. Um. Yeah. Even even right now, you know, I've got a little touch of something, and, and she's got a little touch of something. So, uh, but that said, um, we're we we are hoping, as always, that we will be able to be more consistent <laughs> in yes. the very near future. <laughs> yes. Yes. Here's Thomas, how you doing? Uh, doing doing pretty good. Uh, I was telling you off mic before we started recording. Uh, we got. Uh, our son Harrison on a on a new sleep schedule now, and it was a rough couple of days. But like the the last two weeks have been uh, uh, a revelation. Yeah, uh, sleep has been much better here. Uh, everything is just uh, it's better all around for these for these tired parents over here. That's awesome. That is super 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 good to hear. Yeah, I, I I know what it's like to have those. Evenings where you struggle. So no, yeah. Um, you know, like I was telling you the one night when you were doing your your gig at Montrose. It's just like, yeah, you when you start snipping with your significant other, with your with your partner, yep. your spouse in the middle of the night over sleep stuff. Just apologize quickly the next morning. Get over it. You are yeah. you are not you at two o'clock in the morning when your baby is not sleeping and you're trying to figure out how to get them back to sleep. Like I said, we need to change the name of this podcast to Fates Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with two tired dads. Two tired dads. Um, but anyway, yeah. let's... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, what were you saying? I was going to say, let's jump on in. Talk yeah, about that's it. exactly what I was going to say, too, actually. So we're on the same page here. Uh, we are, this week, talking about It's a Wonderful Leap, which is episode number 69. Uh, okay. I don't just say that because, you know, the middle schooler in me giggles at that number, but I say that because it's something that we haven't done a whole lot, uh, I'd say for the past, like, season or so, mm-hmm. at least. Um, but it, 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 it kind of took me a moment to go, like, man, like, we really are in the home stretch when you look yeah. at it in terms of, you know, how many we've done and how many we've got left. So I, I wanted to note that. Um, it's a Wonderful Leap, directed by Paul Brown, a name we're familiar with. Written by Danielle Alexandra. Um, and Paul which, Brown. That's right, yeah. Uh, although Danielle gets the teleplay credit, Paul Brown and Danielle together get the story credit. Uh, our air date was April Fool's Day, 1992, and our leap date is May the 10th, 1958. 
Sam is left into taxi cab driver Max Greenman, and we are in New York City. We are in New York City. Let's read the TV Guide description. Sam Scott Bakula wheels into a cabbie who could end up independent or dead, but he may get heaven-sent help from a woman claiming to be an angel. Straightforward. Yeah. Not, not very punny, you know? No, hey. Uh, let's talk about uh, the context of where Sam is in time. May 10th, 1958. Uh, just in the previous February, he was in A Tale of Two Sweeties, which is coming up in season five. And in June of 58, he is in Miss Deep South. He's. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just to go back, I, I kind of skipped out on this, uh, but Paul Brown, of course, oh, we, sure. we know uh, as, a, as a writer for many, many episodes, uh, Kamikaze Kid, Disco Inferno, Catch a Falling Star, All Americans, one of our personal favorites here, Good Night, Dear Heart, Maybe Baby, Rebel Without a Clue, Runaway, Private Dancer, Nuclear Family, The Wrong Stuff, Temptation Eyes, and of course, It's a Wonderful Leap, which will be his final writing credit on Quantum Leap. Oh. Um... Yeah, well, uh, and this is his sole directing credit um, uh, on Quantum Leap, actually. Now, of course, he was a uh, producer um, for uh, pretty much since the genesis of the show, no pun intended, um, and would be through the end of this season. Uh, He will not be involved with the show after uh, the end of season four. Interesting. Um, Yeah, his last credit on the show is a producer for A Leap for Lisa. Yeah. Danielle Alexandra, which again was a name that I was not uh, familiar with in, in terms of Quantum Leap. Um, she uh, is the creator of a television show called My Two Dads. Um, <laughs> which, uh, Dennis, I don't know if you remember My Two Dads or not. I but, do uh, remember, yes. Paul Reiser, Greg yep. Evigan, uh, Stacy, Stacey, well, I can't remember her name. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, she also wrote and executive produced G.I. Jane which was a film with Demi Moore that got, um, you know, a bit of notoriety back in the day. Uh, but this is her only involvement with Quantum Leap. So, uh, yeah, there you, there you have it. I, don't, I'm, I got nothing. I think she does. She does pretty well. Um, so we're talking about the original air date was uh, Wednesday, April 1st. The ratings, this one got 11.1 million viewers. Almost, a, almost a million viewers more than the previous week's episode of Roberto. Excellent. That's what I was getting ready to ask you. I was just getting ready to say, well, you know, give us some context there. Sure. Um, interesting. And then let's. Uh, what was this? What was the show called in other countries? Uh, oh boy. In Germany, it was called Taxi. In France, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I'm afraid I'll butcher it. In France, it was called The Angel. And in Italy, it was called Lives Are Wonderful. <laughs> and of course, in America, it's called It's a Wonderful Leap, which is obviously. They play on It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Which at first glance makes you think that maybe this is a Christmas episode, but not at all. No. And it's funny because it is, that is only one of the Christmas film references because, of course, in the opening scene, um, uh, the, the, there's a reference to Miracle on 34th Street as well. Yes. Um, so it is interesting because that is played with a couple of times, but yeah, it is not, it is not a Christmas episode. No. Uh, so let's talk about the, the, the leap in. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be honest with you. 
if, if if you were to just show someone the leap in and the first maybe like 30 seconds to a minute of the episode, the tone is completely different from most of the rest of this episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's somehow it's like even though like he clearly hits and runs over someone, there's still like this weird comedic oopsies, you know, uh, thing to it. But. Yeah, the I, the score I guess is, is is sort of what I'm talking oh, about. I got, mostly. Oh, I got the you. score yeah. is very heavy because I agree. The way that like the car like runs over her, like literally, you know, sure runs over her, it is uh, yeah. And the prop yeah. car actually, uh, you can kind of see like it kind of come apart a little bit when it jostles over her. Oh, I mean, you notice that, uh, like the front uh, fender, like kind of. <laughs> <laughs> shakes loose a little bit, which I guess is kind of realistic, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Sam runs over a woman. We go to the theme song. And like you said, the first uh, few seconds is is her, is him digging her out from under the car. Yeah. Um, Angelita Carmen Guadalupe Cecilia Jimenez, uh, mm-hmm. played by Liz Torres. Yes. Um, and it's I understand because I feel there are times when if I had watched this episode I probably would have been annoyed with her and I know that there's a contingent of the fan community out there that is not necessarily a fan of of her Uh, that said every time I watch this episode including this latest time I just I, I I think she's a joy. She is a joy. She's one. That's the exact word I was going to use. She's a joy. She's wonderful. Yeah, and and Liz Torres herself, um, I think, has had a just a really interesting career. Um, she was born in '47, um, so she's 72 now. But uh, she started uh, her career as a singer and a stand-up comedian um, in the '60s in New York City. And uh, ended up uh, getting a spot on Johnny Carson's show, and uh, that led to her career uh, in film and television in the 70s. She had a recurring role on Mary Tyler Moore spinoff, Phyllis, um, and just, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, there's a ton of, a uh, wealth of things that she's been in. I think most people now would probably recognize her from her stint on the Gilmore Girls. True. I was just looking through her thing, and I realized where I um, where I saw her regularly after this episode of Quantum Leap, and I totally forgot about it. She was also um, like a cast member on the John Larroquette show. That's right. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot about that. Totally forgot about that show. Like right. a, <laughs> like a lot of people have. Well, you know, you know, um, um, but not him. Yeah. Rest um, in peace, John Larroquette. Yeah, He's not dead. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, she is. She's a joy in this episode, and I think that the cool thing about this particular episode, and whether it was you know they they added some things in because they knew her talents, or if that was always the case with the writing of the episode, uh, I think her comedic talents are on full display. Obviously, her singing talents are on display, um, and and she ends up just having a really really wonderful. Um, you know, quite powerful emotional moment at the very end of the episode as well. So, um, an, an excellent, excellent guest star in the canon of Quantum. Fantastic. Yeah, I was reading on uh, um, 
on Al's place, uh, the, the the guy who curates that site, he kind of noted like there's Al and Sam don't really have any notable quotes in this episode because it's really kind of the the Angela show. Yeah. She has one of my favorite quotes in, in, in pretty much the I, I, I like there are a number of them, I, I think, that are great. Uh, but she has some incredible quotes throughout the entire episode, uh, including the uh, look what the pig dragged in. <laughs> Sam corrects her, it's cat. She says, yeah. you never lived in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when Al calls her loud, it says, I'm not loud, I'm Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican. Yes, like, yeah. Bo- both of those have just stuck with me for some reason through the years. That's fantastic, yeah. She's great. She's she great. Is. Um. So yeah, so I mean, the opening scene, I, I think it's it's well done. Um, the the tone immediately shifts from being something a little bit darker after Sam runs over her. Um, and we should know, like he's he leaps in in a cab, and one of the things I was thinking about even before I watched the episode is what a great leap in because immediately, as a viewer of the show, you can't help but think. Oh my God! How is he going to know where to go? Like, if he like, in some ways, this is like the worst case scenario because he's not going to know how to get any of his fares to their destination. That that occurred to me for the first time after I viewed the episode this last time, and in my head canon, the only way that it works for me is that Al has to be with him right all day. Yeah. He has to be. He has to be his GPS and giving him directions because otherwise, or you know, you can argue that maybe some of Max stays behind, sure, to got you know to guide Sam around. But otherwise, you know, this 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 isn't 2019 with GPS and and you know rideshare drivers and just do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is back when like taxi drivers like actually knew their stuff. Right. They actually had to know where to go. Yeah. So, um, uh, by the way, and, and to put this into another context, uh, a few days because we were originally planning to record last Sunday, we had issues, so we postponed it for tonight. Uh, uh, also, the same day or two after watching this episode, I also watched Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro. Oh wow! For for, <laughs> for the very first time. Uh, oh man! Which, if uh, in case you've been living under a rock like I have, uh, <laughs> Taxi Driver also takes place in New York City, but has a very different tone. Yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth? It's been a while since I've seen that actually, but I I love it, and I, it makes me want to see it again. Um, or one of the things that makes me want to watch it again is um, the new Joker film, which. I hear uh, has a lot in common. Um, so yes, so I saw Joker on a Wednesday matinee a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that's what inspired me to go look up Taxi Driver. Yeah. Uh, y- yes, it uh, Joker owes no small part. Yeah. To Taxi Driver, while not the same literal story at all. Right. It very much like took the spirit of Taxi Driver. And put the Joker character on it. Yeah. Um, and we could talk about the Joker movie right. itself. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, I'm sure there's a lot to unpack. A oh, lot to unpack. oh, God. Yeah. Um, 
So, but anyway, yeah. So the leap into the to the taxi cab driver, uh, it, it's yeah, it takes sort of the fish out of water and that disorientation that Sam experiences on a regular basis when he leaps into a whole new level, in my opinion. And I thought it was something that I was thinking earlier today. I was kind of like, man, it's almost surprising that it took us, you know, four seasons, four and a half seasons to get there. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you would have thought that him leaping into a taxi driver would have been something that somebody would have had a, a, an idea about long before this. I, I mean, I don't know why I thought that, but it just it was it occurred to me that maybe it was something that almost was overdue. The thing is, like, it, uh, it had never occurred to me before. Like they could have done a very different episode. Like they could have done Quantum Leap's take on Hell Cab. <laughs> Uh, which, yeah. by the, so, so Hell Cab, uh, I think it originated in Chicago, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, it's an iconic Chicago theater show, and basically, it's just about one night in a cab driver's life, yeah. in uh, near Christmas time in Chicago, and he's just kind of the conduit to meet all of these interesting characters. And they totally could have done that in yeah. an episode like this. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because um, my my memory was admittedly a little foggy, and there was a part of me. Um, going into the episode that had forgotten that it took place over a couple of days. Like I, like I was almost thinking that he leaps in, runs over her, gets her in the car, you know, like goes back to the station. Cause I remember the scenes like in the station and then goes back in the car and then they're like out all night, you know, just one fair after another. Um, and, and, and it's funny because there's actually, surprisingly less amount of time spent in the cab than I had remembered. Okay. Um, which is a good thing because there's some really beautiful scenes that, that, that we would not get if that were the case. Um, which, you know, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, uh, after Analita gets in the car and he takes her back to the station, um, you know, we meet, uh, his dad, Lenny, uh, played by Jerry Adler and man, if this is not a wonderful case of an actor taking a role that clearly has some purpose and it clearly is important, but does not necessarily have as much screen time as Al or Sam or, you know, Analita and just provides so much depth and importance mm-hmm. to the scope of the episode. Um, I love Jerry Adler, by the way. I think he's a fantastic actor. I know him mostly from the Sopranos and rescue me. Um, he's fantastic in The Sopranos uh, as Hesh, who's the um, the Jewish uh, sort of former consigliere to Tony Soprano's father, um, and, uh, and you know they go way back, and so he's kind of giving Tony advice in the first couple of seasons, and then in Rescue Me he plays um, uh, uh, a, a a chief, a, a fire station mm-hmm. chief. Um, and, and he's just, he's just great. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I love him. And I think that he does, you know, such a wonderful job in this episode and in particular the scenes back at the apartment and just, you know, his, his hope and, 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 and how he's crafted this dream of, you know, owning his own cab, uh, mm-hmm. and, and dealing with the loss of his wife. It's, it's, he does a wonderful job. It's very, yes. And the, and the one scene that they have where, uh, him and Angela kind of bond, She's playing the piano. Yes. Yeah. Um, That scene always reminds me of a very, very different movie and a very different plot uh, of when uh, Jessica Lange's dad and 
Dustin Hoffman via Dorothy Michaels Bond in Tootsie. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Which is uh, probably a very problematic problematic movie by today's standards. There's a lot of... Yeah, you know, they still made a Broadway musical of it, so... They, uh, uh, so it's funny, uh, on the Stephen Colbert show, and we'll get to Stephen Colbert later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, on the Stephen Colbert show, the uh, the star of the Broadway show, and I can't remember, uh, Greg Santos, I believe. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, look him up here. Um, but he, he plays the Dorothy Michaels character, and so he was on the Stephen Colbert show. And, like, Stephen like, kind of asked him about that. And and, and his, his answer was is that they, they kind of addressed the problematic elements within the show itself. Yeah, that's what I had heard as well. I think Jessica actually mentioned that to me. Um, we were talking about it. And also, like, they moved it like it's not about a guy breaking into a soap opera. It's about a guy breaking into a Broadway musical. Mm. So that's how they uh, that's how they did the workaround there with that. Hmm. Um, but anyway... Right. Oh, so one of the things I did want to mention real quick is when we were talking about Sam getting from point A to point B is that it does indeed take Al uh, showing up to, to get Sam to the station because uh, he's kind of just driving around with Angela in the car and, uh, and Al pops up in the middle of the road. Sam slams on the brakes. I break for holograms, yes. Yeah. Um, I think I we get a that. nice We get a nice little hologram moment where, you know, Al kind of is in the middle of the car he goes in, you can see him kind of adjusting himself, like floating down to, you know, to seem as though he's sitting in the car. And we get this wonderful visual cue, because there's been a couple of hints about Angela's status, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, already. But now we get this great visual cue with, I mean, literally, the angel and the devil. You know, Al is dressed oh, like yes. the devil, mm-hmm. Angela is dressed, you know, in white and looks so angelic, cherubic even. Um, and, uh, uh, and it takes Al, of course, to giving Sam directions to get to, um, to get to the station. To the station, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's already figured out a bunch of other stuff, which is funny, because then when Sam and Al are having their dialogue after they get to the station, they, you know, Sam knows who he is, he knows wh- when he is, he knows where he is, and, you know, Al's just sort of like, oh, you don't need me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Al and his fragile... And his fragile ego in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, Santino Fontana is the name of the actor in Tootsie. To jump back, oh, okay. not, not Greg Santa. I got the Sant. I got the Santa part right, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So um, so the, yeah. They get back to the to the taxi station, and this is where we get the setup for the episode. This is why this is why Sam is here. Uh, the taxi company is holding a contest to win a medallion, which I found interesting as a kid because this is how I learned how. Cab companies and, and medallions worked uh, when I was a kid, so that was uh, that was really cool. And so, um, the taxi driver has to make thirty thousand dollars overall, fifteen thousand for himself, fifteen for the company, because all fares are split fifty fifty. And so the next day, he has to make fifty dollars total in cash fares. Yeah. So here's something interesting that, that I found really fascinating about medallions. Uh, in 2013, 
the total value of all medallions and assets related to them had a value of $16.6 billion. And at that time, a medallion was worth about a million dollars. All right? Well, because of ride shares... Uh, oh, God, yeah. I, is, I, I could tell this was going, yeah. That has dropped from $1 million to $136,000. I mean, that is huge. In fact, 16 medallions went on auction this past July. Only three of them sold. I mean, if that doesn't tell you the impact that like Uber and Lyft have had on cabs, I mean, it is incredible. Uh, apparently, between 2014 and 2015 alone, the price dropped nearly 50%. So, I mean, it's, it's, and it's just continued to drop. Um, but the value that's mentioned in this episode of about $20,000 is absolutely on par with, with what I've been reading. Um, that by 1962, it was around 25 grand. Mm-hmm. So the fact that in the setup of the episode, you know, they could earn one max and Lenny could earn one for 15 grand is, is, is really quite a deal. Yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously you look at it in terms of what it would become, uh, it was pretty damn lucrative. Sure. You know, um, so I, I, I think it's a cool way of, of setting up the stakes you know, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the episode. Um, and right away, like I said, I mean, Jerry Adler is Lenny gives us this wonderful, I mean, he's so excited. He's so excited mm-hmm. about what Max is about to accomplish. He is. Yeah. And like, this is a great, and they could have done, there's so many different ways to say, you know, with this episode, there's just this great story of like, blue collar workers struggling working their way up from working from someone else to to having their own company yeah. uh, and I think that just comes great into its own like uh, I think one of the the most wonderful non-Liz scene in the episode is towards the end of the episode between Sam and uh, Frank yep the owner of the cab company uh, that Sorry. argument where like Sam is not just um He's not just phoning it in, but like he's actually like he gets personally invested. Yeah. So that's really really cool, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I totally agree. Um, have we at, at this point um, has Angela led on to her um I don't know her her paranormal existence <laughs> uh i think maybe just hinted at it a little bit here and there but not but not too much but she hasn't come right out and yeah 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 um but anyway after this where uh so so where do we go from here uh that is a good question where do we go from here well i it, think after this is when al lets sam know that the reason why he's there is that you know he's got the 50 bucks left to go mm-hmm. but that um Unfortunately, Max is going to get shot, uh, and he ends up in a coma for the rest of his life. Yeah. And obviously it devastates Lenny as well. Um, and so Sam initially thinks that, well, you know, I just won't drive tomorrow night. Well, he has to drive tomorrow night because there's a deadline. If he Mm -hmm. doesn't make the money by X time, they don't get the medallion. Yeah. 
Um, so at this point, hasn't Angela gone off to talk with uh, to talk with Lenny for a little bit? That, yes. that, that's given Sam and Al the opportunity, <clears throat> and um, and so that's the point where Angela reinserts herself into the conversation, saying, "Don't you listen to that Red Devil?" That's right. Yeah. And it takes him a minute to figure out that she's talking about Al because she can see Al. Right. Because of course she can. Because she's an angel. Yeah. Because ah, uh, yeah. Um, which is great because we get, uh, y- y- you know, some wonderful bits of dialogue about, you know, her being an angel and why is that so hard to believe? Because Al's a hologram and at one point nobody thought that that existed either, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and of course Al is arguing, it's like, yeah, but I'm from the future. Um, and, and Angela has some really horrible things to say to Al about how Al's not going to get into heaven. Yes. Like, yeah. He's never, he's never going to know what it's like to be in heaven. It's just uh, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're banter back and forth that we would not be able to do it justice, you know, just repeating yeah. it. But yeah. And, uh, yeah, Al, Al, Al gives it out pretty good too. I mean, you know, he's, he's kind of got his, uh, what we would call fat phobic and, yeah, other, other really other zingers by today's standards. He really does. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some pretty terrible. Al's lines do not hold up by today's 2019 woke standards at all. No, no, definitely not. Um, uh, and and even as I was listening to them and thinking about like in the context of how I would have heard them, you know, 25 years ago or whatever, I I, I just couldn't help but think. Man, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have laughed at some of that stuff even then. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I would have found that amusing. I, uh, you know, I'm trying, I don't. I don't know if I really gave it much thought. Yeah. When uh, when I was a kid, but yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things that certainly helps so that it doesn't feel too mean. Uh, our, our Angela's reactions. Oh, sure. She's got like a great line where she says something about like, I, you know, I got caught in limbo for a while. I was hungry. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. She's got, she's, she, she, she takes it in stride and has some really good responses. Um, but it, it, there are times where, you know, I just, I'm like, man, Al, come on, man. It, it's the thing is, it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's the fact that she, it doesn't hurt her. Her feelings no. are hurt by it. She gives back as good as she gets. Uh, and you kind of, yeah, it's kind of like set up like the the entire, it's like, she's, she is a little, I don't know if smart is right, but she's a little bit smarter than Al. Like she knows more than Al. Like, you know, right. Uh, constantly she ends up being the correct one until, until the one case at the end. And I think that certainly the argument could be made that, uh, for, 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 you know, sort of the, 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 the character development. Uh, for Al is, is, you know, shedding light on his insecurity. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that he's probably most insecure about is that he, he's here to help his friend and there shouldn't not be anyone better at doing that than him. Yes. Like if he's not, you know, and certainly like even thinking in terms of his military background, um, and it's like, he has a mission, this is his mission. He should be better at it than anyone else. And if he's not, then certainly that's going to make him feel insecure. And the way that he's going to react to that is to try to knock whoever is doing that down a peg. I'm not saying that makes his behavior. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that's certainly how I'm choosing to 
you know, offer an explanation for it. I think that's a very good explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when, uh, from there, we shortly, we get into a scene of uh, them in the taxi together. And this is when Al confirms that Angela, uh, that Angela did exist back in the 20s. Hence why she's dressed as a flapper. And right. she met an unfortunate end falling into an orchestra pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which and of course, which is fun. on more Al's jokes. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, yes, but also like when that is revealed, uh, Angela provides the oh boy. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, you know that that it's great because Sam, you know, while he never comes right out and says like I believe that she is an angel. Mm-hmm. He also never comes out and says, I don't think she's an angel. Whereas Al is very much like, no, 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 no. She's not an angel. Even, even, you know, they, they kind of buy into it together in a way, but Al still seems to be looking for some sort of other explanation. Oh, I mean, I think, yeah. And I, I think if not before, I think especially when, uh, there's the scene where Angela's kind of off by her own and they're the cab company and she breaks out singing and she's not, she's not really aware that Sam and Al are watching them. Or is she? Uh, (laughs) And and, yeah, and just like hearing her voice. Like to me, I think that that's when Sam is convinced. Yeah. Well, he does. He's yeah, you're right. He's got that line about, you know, that's the voice of an angel. Um, You know, there's one scene here, too, that I definitely don't want to miss out on is at the dinner at at Lenny and Max's Mm -hmm. apartment. Um, It's it's so wonderful. It's such a great scene. Adds so much texture to the episode. Um, And again... It's easy, you know, the, 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 the latter third of this episode, I think it's, it's easy to lose sight in a way of, of some of the emotional investment and the stakes that we get set up in the first third or so. Um, and the reason why I say that, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the last third, the back end of the episode, but I do think that it ends up kind of resolving in a very, you know, heightened 60-minute weekly television episode mm-hmm. format, you know. Um, right down to the gunplay, um, but that this particular scene is 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 extra. You know, this is more than this is greater mm-hmm. than the sum of its parts, and and I really appreciated it. It's it's a nice sort of slice of life bit, um, and it, it feels very much about these characters and these people um, as opposed to the plot, which is really nice. It yes, I do agree with that. Um, yeah, like there, there's so many different ways they could have gone with this episode, uh, but yeah, there, you only have so much time in in, right. in, in in forty minutes. It's interesting that like the the plot of the episode, what Sam needs to do, we don't see hardly any of that. Right. We, see, I mean, we see some of it, sure. uh, but you know, considering that the challenge that it would be of him not knowing his way around New York and making right. it around, we see. None of that. We could have seen like yeah. a goofy little montage of Al trying to direct, you know, Sam around. Yeah. Uh, but we do get, maybe this is a good way to transition into this part, we do get one very special passenger. So we're going to address the fat orange elephant in the room, huh? Yes, in the, in, in the cab. Yes, in the taxi cab. We may not say some nice things, but if you're still with us at episode 69... Uh, plus, give or take a few special interview episodes. Uh, you you know how we lean here at uh, yeah. 
at uh, at Fate's White Wheel. So yes, um, I, I don't think we could do this scene any more justice than what Colbert did, Stephen yes. Colbert did on his show back in twenty sixteen uh, in the summer and the couple of months leading up before. Uh, yeah, leading up before. Um, so this is something. Um, maybe we can try, we can try discussing it. Um, and if we can figure out a way to edit some audio in from the clip later on, do that. Sure. But in case you totally don't know what we're talking about, uh, in 2016, a few months before the 2016 presidential election, Stephen Colbert, he featured this, uh, the scene with young Donald Trump in an episode of Colbert. He kind of set it up as like, I was watching TV last night and found an old rerun of Quantum Leap, which I don't buy because you can hardly find Quantum Leap anywhere on reruns in the United States anymore. But anyway, so he sets it up that he just stumbled upon this episode and he emphasizes like, this is a real clip from, from an episode of Quantum Leap and he shows the scene of Sam inadvertently telling young Donald Trump about Trump Tower. Yeah, and then so he blames the rise of Donald Trump on Scott Bakula, yeah, which sets up a sketch of basically Stephen Colbert being Al, Scott Bakula reprises his role of Sam, and they have a little sketch of uh, Sam trying to influence young Donald Trump to not go into politics. Yeah, and the sketch ultimately ends with uh, them changing history to the point that Sam is a dog. Yeah. Which, now that I think about it, is strangely relevant when I, anything related to Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a beautiful dog. Beautiful dog. So, a canine. Dog. A canine. So, I would, so, some call him a canine. I'd call him a dog. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, <laughs> one of the things that is, that is uh, worthy of mentioning in this scene is that the actor who plays Fred Trump uh, is uh, Vaughn Armstrong. And Vaughn Armstrong um, is a, an alum of a show that we are not a podcast about uh, <laughs> called Star Trek. We are not a Star Trek. <laughs> so he was, he, he was, like, here's the cool thing. He did um, The Next Generation. He did Deep Space Nine. He did Voyager. And in his lengthiest run of episodes as one character, because he played multiple characters, of course, over the course of the other three shows. And he played, he had multiple spots in each of those shows. Like, he was kind of a, you know, one of those jack-of-all-trades Star Trek actors sure. who played, like, you know, three characters in one show, two characters in another, etc. Part of the truth, he yeah. Pl- he played one character, uh, an admiral in Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, so he worked with Scott Bakula again uh, on Star Trek Enterprise. And, in fact, Scott Bakula uh, apparently... Um, when when he saw Vaughn Armstrong on set for the first time, uh, I was like, "I know you." Yeah, you're, I remember you. Yeah, you're Trump's dad. <laughs> yeah, um, and so uh, and 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 you know he's had a Vaughn Armstrong's had a su- su- successful career. Excuse me, outside of Star Trek, of course, uh, as well. But uh, you know that was worth noting here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Sam unwittingly influences potentially the kiss with history in this episode. Is with uh, uh, Fred and, and Donnie, and uh, yeah, and then there's the Colbert bit, which is which is great. And I watched it, and I just thought, you know, the best thing to come of this that we're going to get to talk about is Stephen Colbert's bit, which is which is great because you know I think as as fans of the television show, there are little pieces here and there that happen um, in in other you know 
relevant areas of pop culture that bring the show back, mm-hmm. and this is certainly probably one of the bigger ones. Um, you know, It's Always Sunny obviously had their Quantum Leap episode as well, mm-hmm. but uh, other than the two of those things, you know, I can't think of, of, of any other bigger... Uh, and I think this is the... Moments o- for our show. I think this is the only case of Scott Bakula reprising Sam in any way. Well, he's but he's in the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode, right? But, but he's he but he's he's Scott Bakula, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, in a way, I mean, because it, 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 like I said, we'll try to put some audio in. We'll put it up on our Facebook page. Uh, but it's like soon as Al shows up as uh, or Stephen shows up as Al, you know, he calls him Doctor Sam Beckett, and and Scott Bakula's first line is, "Please call me Scott Bakula." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is the yeah. Um, and yeah, well, yeah, and if you've not seen Sam's uh, or Scott Bakula's appearance on It's Always Something in Philadelphia, go check that out, too. Exactly. Yeah. We handled that well. Um, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> moving, uh, moving, moving on to another. Moving on. Moving on. So yeah. uh, it's at this point after this fair that um, we get the information that Max still gets shot mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that. Uh, Sam has done everything he can to stay away from the area where he was supposed to be shot. shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And they come to the decision that, well, if I'm still shot and I'm not anywhere near that area, Ziggy's also made an error with the time, not, you know, not making, I know, right? Uh, The adjustment for the the time difference in the time zone. Okay, yeah. To me, that's like the one week part of this episode <laughs> right yeah uh and, and so at this point they they come to the conclusion that well if i'm not where max was when he got shot then it may be the people that shot max are looking for me and they notice a car that turns off its lights uh al immediately tries to give sam directions angela says no 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 that's a dead end al's like no it's not a dead end and i'll prove it to you it's a dead end mm-hmm. um there's a guy in a ski mask with a gun. He wants the money box uh, from Sam. Um, the guy is shaking. You know, he's clearly nervous. Yeah. Al is, is, is warning Sam off. Angela has the money box. She comes out with the money box. You know, they're telling her, you know, don't be crazy. Don't. Gun gets fired. Angela drops. Guy freaks out, grabs the money box, takes off. Yeah. Angela gets back up. She's fine. Mm-hmm. There's no blood. There's no, there's no gunshot. There's a bullet hole that goes through her jacket and out the other side. Mm. Al starts, you know, making up another scene that for some reason <laughs> stuck with me. Where like, I know what happened. Yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> this turns into a mini episode of CSI Quantum Leap. Right. Yeah. Uh, and um, and eventually, like you know, they're they're left with no choice but to to go back. Uh, they've lost the money. Um, Sam immediately goes to talk to Frank. Uh, this is what you the scene you were talking about, excuse me, earlier where they have this wonderful conversation about, you know, what it's like to work and work and work and work for something. Um, you know, Frank definitely takes some cheap shots, uh, you know, at Lenny, oh. at, you know, at, at basically being the boss. And Sam decides he's not going to stand for it, and so he fires right back, you know, and talking about, like, well, you've never had to work a day in your life. You got this, you know, from your dad. You, you, you know, you, you've got no respect. And, of course, eventually Frank... Fires, yeah, Max. You know, yeah, just thinking about it, it's uh, Sam doesn't have to say anything. I, I just feel like there, there's something personal with with his dad and how hard his dad worked in his own life. 
Yeah. There's just something in... Yeah. Uh, and just... Yeah, you're right. Sam comes from very salt-of-the-earth kind of... Yeah. Yeah, background. Um, and uh, we haven't talked about him, but uh, Peter... I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. Uh, I... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, the guy who plays uh, Frank. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, he he's great in the scene. And I really... Uh, looking at his IMDb page, the other role that I remember him from is he had a uh, one guest spot on Cheers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the one episode that he was in, like, it was actually, it's almost like kind of a dramatic, a little bit of a scene. Like he's a guy who challenges Cliff to a fight. And I remember like watching that episode just for like for the first time, like a little over a year ago. And there are a couple of very uncomfortable moments in that yeah. scene of like, I'm challenging you to a fight. What are you going to do? Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, it's he was also, also in Fight Club too. That's where I recognize him from too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he played Lou. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and that, <laughs> you don't know where I've been, Lou. You don't know where I've been. <laughs> um, another another person that I wanted to mention. I almost mentioned him earlier, uh, but it just made me think of him because I, I think there's a mirror shot that happened recently. Is that Ross Partridge oh, plays yeah, the mirror image of Max, and and probably it'd be very well could have the most credits out of any other mirror image because we've got a lot of mirror images their only credit is the, the mirror, mirror image. image yeah he's um, actually yeah 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 he's he's had some success he's mm-hmm. uh you know he's he's been working in uh film and television ever since um and uh, uh has a couple things in in post production and you know so he's 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 doing the thing he's out there you know doing doing it all he's he played uh uh, actually played Lonnie Byers in Stranger Things. I was going to say, he was in an episode of, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's in multiple episodes, actually. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, so, to, to tie, loop it back around a little bit, I'm going to go off on a tangent here before we go back. Speaking yeah. of your doppelganger from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the uh, his SNL sketch uh, uh, Oscar no. I can't remember what it was called Oscar. Basically, he was in an episode of SNL recently, and they took uh, the dark grittiness trailer of Joker, uh-huh. and they put it on Oscar the Grouch. Oh my god! And he and he is Oscar. That's <laughs> it's awesome. like giving Oscar the gritty origin story that, that he that, so richly deserves. That he yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you should definitely uh, go go check that out. I will. That video I from your doppelganger. Will. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the episode. Yeah. So then we get this really really heartbreaking scene um, that is just played to perfection, I think, by everyone involved. When um, Angela and Sam show up at the apartment, Lenny answers the door. Lenny's got this Greenman Cab Company sign that he's made uh, that he's got hanging over the window. He's so excited. You know, my boy, my boy, and you know, and and. and Sam just doesn't know how to break it to him. And, of course, you know, Lenny kind of starts to figure it out on his own when, when Sam's not as effusive as, as he is. And, um, it, you know, really kind of, obviously kind of breaks Lenny. This is where the episode, in my opinion, starts to kind of devolve into, like, you're, you know, you're, you're we got to wrap this shit up sort of thing. Um, and, and so... I have to admit, I'm not 100% on board with Lenny going and grabbing a gun and going down to the taxi cab station and confronting Frank. I'm not, I'm just not, it, it just, it feels as though it kind of, 
I don't know. It just it feels like it's what you do because it, you have to justify some sort of ending or something. I don't know. You know, I never really questioned it, but yeah. Like I, I would, I, I don't question Lenny like marching down there to confront Frank. Yeah. But taking a gun, it just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, me. could we? Could he have just gone down there to confront him? And that somehow have segued into Sam figuring out that the mugger worked for Frank. Right. Uh, I don't know. But like Lenny going down there and confronting him is how we get the it's, it's how we get the police there. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, uh, Elizabeth, that's her name. Robin, the, uh, the, the, I don't know what you would call her. Dispatcher? The dispatcher. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She has a couple, she has a couple of good moments in the scene. Uh, she uh, does. In, in the episode. Uh, one, apparently she perpetually rejects Frank by saying that she can't go out on a date because she's got to wash her hair. Uh, yeah. and also the double take she does when Lenny marches Frank right back in. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh. And, and when she realizes that, oh, he's not just coming to hang out. He's got a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she also uh, starred in a uh, a little film that uh, I, I watched probably twice, which was two times too many. One night stand. When I was younger. Uh, no, Puppet Master. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Heard of it? Never but seen anyway, it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. No, she does provide a little bit of levity in that particular moment. And her when she when she's on the the uh, dispatch with Max earlier, Sam earlier in the episode, she's quite funny too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we get the confrontation between Lenny and Frank, and it, you know it's very you know it's pretty much paint by numbers. You know, I'm pointing a gun at you because you did me wrong, and I don't know what you're talking about. You're going crazy, old man. And then you know Sam yeah. comes in and. Yeah, then Frank grabs his gun, which, oh my goodness, Frank's gun is the same gun. pearl handle. See, see that's, how, yeah, that's how we find out, yeah. I love how Sam has a great memory for guns. Like, he just rattled right. that off there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit of, yeah. But I do, one of the things that I do enjoy that, that, that kind of comes from it all is that uh, it it's a happy ending, but it's not over saccharinated you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's very like it's it, it feels very real it's like oh lenny gets probation it's like okay yeah of course he does because he's our you know our hero's father or whatever and then it's like but frank is probation too and you're just sort of like oh that dirt bag he got off of probation but then of course they also get the medallion yeah which is great it's like oh they got the medallion fantastic but it's also the only cab they ever owned but that's okay because that's all that they ever wanted yeah so it, you know, so it's it. I, I kind of, even though I'm slightly poo pooing the whole, you know, Lenny grabbing a gun thing. Yeah. I think that the the eventual outcome is 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 quite nice, and I, I, it's a yeah, it's a good resolution. Yeah, uh, and I, I love uh, uh, Tony the mugger. That it's oh. it's it's just <laughs> like they could have just so easy, very easily made him a heavy. Yeah, like a typical exactly. you, yep. you, you, yeah. But the fact that they made like, it, like the guy in Roberto, yeah, the the the, the yeah, yeah, the one dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the fact that they made him like this really nervous guy, and he was just carrying out this thing that his boss told him to do. I appreciated that subtlety. 
Absolutely. And it ties in really well with the conversation between Sam and Frank as well. It's this idea that, like, he's got to do what he's got to do in order to keep his job. He's got to put food on the table. He's got to survive. It's like, you know, Frank is pushing him to do this thing. He doesn't want to do it. You know, it's like, you know, Tony's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't want, you know, I I agree. I think it works really well and it, and it, and it gives a little bit more depth overall. Yeah. And also like talking about like, this is when I was a kid, when I learned that, uh, this is how medallions and taxis work. This is also where I learned that life insurance doesn't pay out if you commit suicide. Yeah. Because there's a whole debate of what Lenny was doing with the gun. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Anyway, and do we point out that this is the one time in the episode when Al is right above uh, above Angela? Yes, but remind me how. <laughs> uh, so, Angela thinks Lenny is going to commit suicide. Right. Al knows that Lenny's, yeah, that he's going to, confront, Lenny's yes, going to yes. confront Frank, so it's kind of like this fork in the road thing of, like, Sam has to decide. Does he go looking for Lenny... You know, out by like by a dock because Angela thinks he's going to shoot himself by a dock so that the gun will fall in and then it won't be found, or right. does he go to the cab company? So that's this is the one time that Al is right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then we get just a beautiful scene that I think it's the thing that makes it so wonderful is Liz Torres. I mean, she's phenomenal, but. I also really appreciate Al because it's a wonderful contrast to the way that he's behaved earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think gets to the, the heart of that character behind, you know, some of his, his wisecracks and his, you know, misogyny and his, you know, lecherous behavior, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the years. Um, you know, you're reminded of, of how much he does care about people. Um, obviously, Sam above all, but people in general. Mm-hmm. And um, so as, you know, as, as Angela is saying her goodbye, uh, even though he makes light of the fact that, like, oh, and now we're not going to remember you and, you know, all this sort yeah. of stuff. And, you know, she even tells Al, she's like, no, you will, but he won't. Yeah. And you can tell it's just breaking her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also where we learn, like, Angela knows who Sam is. Yeah. And this is the thing. I don't... Uh, I don't buy this twist. Okay. That they just now figure out that Angela knows who Sam is. Mm. Because in every episode where the character knows who... Or, where we have a character who can see Al, they also can see Sam for Sam. Yeah, I mean... It, the, the Yeah, the, the, the thing that is a little deflating about the moment. Uh, it, yeah. I, I, I yes. Yeah. I, I mean, cause it, it does, it, it, it takes, it, it takes a little air out of the moment. And, and one of the reasons why it does that is because a, if she can hear all the conversations they're having, she's had to have heard Al call him Sam Yeah. and B, you know, if she's an angel and she knows all this stuff, then she should obviously know that Max is not really Max. Yeah. And and furthermore, why it, if he was really Max, why would he be talking to this other guy? Yeah, you know, and, really and you talk about holograms devil? from the future and everything. Right, yeah. exactly. He mentions all that earlier, so I agree with that. Uh, that said, it's still it's still yeah, a cool yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a great scene, and of course, like you said, Sam. In the moment, he forgets who she is. Al remembers, and then we get the twist of, you know, Al believes in the angel, Sam does not. 
Yeah. Yeah. Any leaps? Before Any we leaps. leap, should we? Uh, you remember back in the old days, at the early, at the start of this podcast, when we talked about we were never going to jump ahead and give spoilers for future episodes in case we had that one listener out there who uh, who was watching the show for the very first time along with us. Remember when we used to talk about doing that? I do. I do. Yeah. So we're just to honor that. If you are someone who has not made it to the end of the series, you don't know how it ends, and you don't want it spoiled for you, go away, jump ahead like five minutes, (laughs) because we're going to talk spoilers. I think you've I think you've done a wonderful job of providing this spoiler. Okay, okay. excellent. Uh, so I just recently, just for fun, I rewatched the final episode. Yeah. Uh, 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 Mirror image, and I can't help but think that Angela and Stapa are kind of in the same club. Because. Mm. Uh, Strapa, he spelled Strapa, but never pronounced it Strapa. Pronounced it Strapa because it's easier. Strapa is someone who is there. He's in. He's he's some kind of a leaper. He's some kind of an angel. Uh, but when he's done, no one remembers that he was there. Right, right. Uh, very much in the same. Like I mean, like at the end, like he leaps towards the end of Mirror Image. Angela doesn't yeah. leap, but I can't help but feel that. Um, I wonder if this is an idea that the writer of this episode came up with and Don Belisario kind of appropriated it, kind of piggybacked onto that for Mirror Image. Sure, Or sure. if that's an idea that that Don or somebody inserted into this episode kind of as a little seed of where we might go somewhere later. That's an interesting, yeah, I mean, that, that's an interesting proposition um, because when you, you know, obviously somebody like, Don Belisario, who was you know deeply involved with all production uh, of the series, and then somebody like Paul Brown, who'd been with the series as well since the beginning, and was a producer and director and writer of this episode. Uh, you 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 could imagine that there would be something like that inserted in by one of them, and that maybe it didn't come from Alexandra. Um, that said, uh, yeah, I mean, it could just be it, it could be something that they saw and were like, oh yeah, let's use that later. Um, especially knowing where we're headed with the fifth season and knowing that they're, you know, going to play a lot more with, you know, what we would today define as arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that we get three episodes arcs here and there next season that we start to get a little bit more uh, of a wider look at, at some of the mythology, if you will. Um, I don't know. I mean, that, that is an interesting thought. And I, I think kind of going off of what you're saying that just because we don't see Angela leap, don't get the leap effect, doesn't mean that that doesn't necessarily happen. Sure. You know, we could put it in our head cannon. Yeah. We could do some fan wanking. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think the, the other thing is too, is that whether or not, um, and this is not me at all, you know, bashing uh, the notion of angels or, or any sort of religious connotation there. But uh, I think it's entirely possible that Angela isn't actually an angel. 
you know, that maybe she is uh, a leaper, but she's unaware. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, if we're going to go spoilers here, obviously, like, Aaliyah, like, later on, like, she's she's not like Sam. You know what I mean? Like, Sam was a scientist who had an experiment, and he tried to prove his theory, and that's how he started leaping around in time. Aaliyah's like, you know, like more like a guinea pig prisoner who gets thrown into this project. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, the, and so... Well, yeah, I thought about her recently, because it's like, and there's a line or two, like, in their episodes where, like, there's the illusion, like, they may literally be from hell. Right, right. So so I think that there's all, you know, and, and, and also this idea that, that gets repeated oftentimes through the show, God, Time, Fate, or whoever, um, <clears throat> that that whether or not it is, it is strictly like God, devil, you know, heaven, hell, angels, demons, etc. Um, or, or if there is some sort of other sci-fi type explanation for it all, I think is, is certainly up in the air and, and, and it left in the eye of the beholder. Uh, as it pertains to quantum leap, because it's not something that has ever been defined. Mm-hmm. Um, in the spirit of of, of spoilers, also, uh, it's worth noting that Angela uh, will make a return appearance mm-hmm. in another medium in the novel uh, "Angels Unaware," yes. um, which is, you know, one of I, I think considered by some people one of the the better novels in the range i would say Um, yeah i think i remember being one of the better ones but i I was just thinking like i can't talk about the book because i literally probably haven't read it in over 20 years yeah so yeah uh, i could tell you that it features Teresa from uh from another mother it involves something to do with a priest yeah i remember how it ends i remember the last like the epilogue scene but literally that's it yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I just know that, you know, based on, and this is again, I, I'm, I'm probably digging back 20 years here as well, but I, I can remember, uh, you know, at the time that, uh, people considered like angels unaware and Pulitzer, um, uh, you know, as being two of the sort of the top yeah. novels in the range. Um, so yeah, when, when we, when we make that journey and, and start reading and talking about books, uh, we'll we'll certainly hit that one at some point. We'll figure that out. And before we jump back to wrap up this episode, uh, to touch on Mirror Image uh, again, this was the first time I have watched that episode since learning that Bruce McGill, who plays Al the bartender, mm-hmm. since learning that he had been in consideration for Al. Yeah. So knowing that, it was really interesting to rewatch that episode. And look at the dynamic between him and Scott Bakula, and imagine yeah. what the series. I, I love Dean Stockwell. I'm not, yeah, uh, but imagine how different Al would have been, and what that dynamic would have been if he had had the role. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I had all when you when we talked about this before, I never thought of him as the bartender version of Al. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought that that guy, Uh the bartender in Mirror Image, would have been the same character or similar character that we would have gotten if he were Al. I never even... I didn't even envision that from Genesis either when he played the... um, Weird Ernie. The major colonel or whatever, whatever, Weird Ernie, yeah. I always thought of him as the character he played on MacGyver. Because the character he played on MacGyver, who was a recurring character on that show, and he was kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. 
um, a little bit more comedic, a little bit more, and, and that's kind of how I imagined him if he would have been Al. I got gotcha. you. Um, but it's very interesting to to think of it in the context that you just gave, because I think that he would have that. Yeah, it would have been a very it would have been a very different dynamic. I mean, obviously, it would have been a different dynamic regardless of if, if, if yeah. he would have been I mean, more I, in that pain in the ass comedic sort of thing. Or I mean, I, I never thought about it. I know that Don Belisario was interested in Dean Stockwell because Dean Stockwell had just come off of Married to the Mob, right? And so. I mean, yeah, I, I just wonder how differently Al would have been written from the outset. Having yeah. having a different actor in the role. I uh, yeah, it would be very, very interesting. Like I even I mean, wonder I, I even wonder if Al would have been Itali- Italian. Right. I mean I think he yeah. The the well the funny thing is is that the womanizing was written into the pilot, but you have to wonder at that point, like were they changing things up because of Dean Stockwell? Because sure. they knew that he would pull that off. Whereas if they would have gone with another actor, maybe it wouldn't have been. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do. I, I don't know how much of the pilot was written. I do know that the the, the scene that that Scott and Dean read together in the audition was the the scene in the pilot where uh, it's the first time that him and Sam talk substantially. You're part mm-hmm. of a time travel experiment that went a little caca. That's right, right, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know how much of the pilot was written beyond that. I don't know. I mean, I get the I, I get the sense that that it was pretty much dialed in. I mean, who knows? It'd be interesting to get a little bit more information about that. But I, yeah, it, it seems as though it was probably what it was. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of changes made to it. Um, I mean, obviously, we know that as the first season went on, and certainly into the second season, they started tailoring things a little bit more for Scott in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that Dean probably, you know, they didn't have to change too much for. Um, I no. know they tried to write stuff for him, obviously, but as we've discussed before in the podcast, a lot of the stuff that they tried to write specifically for him, he ended up asking for them to not do. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause um, he, he didn't want to go yeah. more dramatic like he does. In right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but anyway, anyway that's, a, um, that's, that's a nice little tangent there. Right. And the episode, but, but you know, back to this specific episode, it wraps up uh, again, it wraps up nicely. Um, it's funny, you know, I mentioned MacGyver a second ago, the, the MacGyver project, uh, which is a lovely website, um, uh, that the guy, uh, uh, runs Nicholas, um, and, uh, you can find it at MacGyverProject.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. In addition to obviously reviewing and talking a lot about MacGyver, uh, he also dove into Quantum Leap and, um, you know, about three years ago, uh, actually it was right after the election <laughs> was when he reviewed this episode. Uh, so of course he does talk about the, uh, the, the, the Donald Trump stuff and, and, and his comment is, is quite wonderful because he says the scene involving a certain famous or infamous person that gave way to Scott Bakula's recent appearance on Stephen Colbert not even Angela the Angel could save us yes <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah. excuse me um, but that said uh, he actually doesn't like this episode which I was surprised at um, for some reason, because I feel like we've been in agreement with, uh, with him, uh, often, but no, he, he ranks it fairly low. Oh, wow. Um, towards, towards the bottom of the pack. But, I'll, uh, um, I'll have to go check that out. 
Yeah, um, you know, most other places, uh, though, on, on the uh, old interwebs, like Al's place, for instance, uh, do tell a, a different story that, that people uh, do seem to enjoy this episode. Like I said, some people are split on, on Angela. Some people, you know, just absolutely love her. Uh, and then there's a contingent of fans that, that don't, um, which is fine. You know, live your life. Yeah. But uh, anyway, once we get um, once we uh, uh, get out of this episode and leap into the next episode, uh, moments to live. Uh, we are treated to what I think, in retrospect, will end up being um, a fun leap in. As Sam leaps in, a woman is dying. Uh, he's trying to figure out how to save her. He's trying to read a chart. He's trying to figure out all this stuff. He's got a you know a, a beautiful buxom nurse trying to tell him what's going on. Yeah. He's got some sort of whatever dude yeah. over his shoulder, and eventually, of course, the woman dies, and then the guy pins him up against the wall. You bastard! You murdered my yeah. wife! Yeah. And the all all the while, the soap opera s music is playing in the background. Yeah. Um, man, what a terrible leap in for Sam. Uh-huh. For, as a viewer, as a viewer, you're it's just fantastic. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, this is hilarious. This is yeah. <laughs> it's funny because uh, Betsy had never seen this episode. We watched it together, and I'm like, "Did you catch that? That's a soap opera." And she was like, "Yeah, I saw the nurse." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's a dead giveaway. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be such an interesting episode to talk about. Yeah, uh, I agree. especially if we look at it from a 2019 woke lens. Oh yeah, this as is, we do, as, as we try, as we do, yeah. Because we've already uh, uh, Diana Green, one of our listeners, she's already been talking with us uh, about this episode some months ago. About yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. So we, let, let's do some shout outs and other stuff. Uh, uh, give give a shout out to uh, uh, Karen uh, Saxon, one of our previous uh, one of our previous guests. She gave us a shout out. Uh, she ran a uh, she ran a marathon or a half marathon recently, and she uh, oh, nice. she listened to our most recent episode while she was while, while she was running a half marathon. Uh, Karen, she was our previous guest on. Uh, <laughs> we tried to have her on Shock Theater. Oh God! Lost her audio. Had to edit her out in one of the most heroic editing jobs Sam has ever done, and then we ended up having her back for the leap back. Um, so hi, Karen. Thank you for your patience and all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Remember, when we used to have guests. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we need to figure that out. Yeah, uh, and we need to because I thought like right before we recorded, this would have been a great episode to just get someone in here to be an intentional loudmouth the entire episode. To be to be the Angela to our <laughs> to be the Angela yeah, um, and also speaking of 2019 other things, I posted a thing on the Facebook page yesterday. I decided to jump our page. Oh I decided to to insert our page into the uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you did. I thought you hit it very well. Uh, I thought it was very amusing that it was clear that some people had not followed the meme to the end. Nope. Some people <laughs> didn't read the caption. They just thought that yeah. we were just sharing some really nice screenshots of the final episode. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I loved the comments in that context. Don't get me I wrong. Do. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was wonderful that people <laughs> yeah. were, you know, but it, but yeah, it was clear that they didn't read to the end. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, ee, ee. Um, And then finally, like, one person, like, specifically laughed at the insert that image yeah, and I was like yeah, okay yeah. 
okay, people get it. Uh, but I came out of that one of one of my Facebook friends. She has been posting some hilarious memes. And if you know what we're talking yeah. about, it's it's uh, so Jeffrey Epstein, pedophile child trafficker who who died in prison. Very, I mean, all evidence points to he did not commit suicide. And so, in the last couple of weeks, there is this. There's a meme going around Facebook. That's not a specific meme. It's just kind of you think it's a meme about one thing, and then it hits you with Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, yeah. or Jeffrey Epstein didn't. And it's like to keep this to keep this thing, this idea like going, to keep people talking about it, so we just don't sweep this under the rug. Right. Uh, one of my favorite ones was uh, uh, some of us like soup. Some of us like chili, but we can all agree Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so it's a yeah, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of that. So I decided to uh, in, insert that meme into the final imagery of uh, of the final episode of Quantum Leap of, of Mirror Image. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan. I mean, let's face it. At this point, anything we can do to yeah. Kudos, wow. yeah. Kudos to Betsy. She put up. We were watching uh, Shadow of a Doubt, nineteen forty-three Alfred Hitchcock movie. Love that like, movie. Yeah. So she was. So she was all. Thornton Wilder wrote the screenplay for that. Oh, film. I did. Oh, I, oh God. God, That's I can right. see that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was. Yeah, she was watching that, and I was like, I could not find any good screen captures of the final episode out there. Mm. So eventually, I just had to pull the episode up myself and just do make the screen caps of myself. Oh, nice! And then make the and then make the insert. Yeah, uh, you did the work. I, you did the I work. Did the yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, the work paid off. I enjoyed it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm doing it, and I'm like, this is a weird cross section of quantum leap fans and people who get the Jeffrey Epstein meme. This is going to be a right. this is going to be a small audience for this. <laughs> uh, but it but it cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, the only other way I think I could have done it better is just to make it very simpler and just be like, Al's alive. Yeah. And Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, should man, we go ahead? Oh, it's, it, no, it's just funny, though, because, you know, looking at those images, uh, uh, you know, obviously in service to the meme, but looking at the images themselves definitely, like, hit me. And, uh, you know, to think about being kind of. I mean, at this rate, it's going to take us another two years to be done. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it was definitely—I um, don't know—it it, 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 it gave me the feels to think about being in the home stretch and, and heading towards the, uh, the final episode. <laughs> I, could, I could see creating the meme: Beth never remarried. Blah 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 blah. Sam and Dennis never finished the podcast. <laughs> no! Don't say that. Don't say that. We have to do it. We have to do it. I even told Jess, I even told Jess, I was like, all right, I was like, look, if we really buckle down on this, we can be done by, like, May. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, April. Mm-hmm. Like, we could, we, could, we could be done if we really, like... Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Spit that out. Anyway, yeah. on that note, should we wrap it up and head on out of here? I think we should. Yeah, let's leap on out of here. Uh, We'll be back with Moments to Live next time. Thank you, everyone, again for your patience, for your interactivity, for not forgetting us. Um, Yeah, it's been a fun ride. We've we've, we've still got a while to go yet. Oh, uh, and on a final note, if you're someone who's having trouble listening to us on your podcast app, 
Uh, let us know. Uh, thanks for your patience, those who have let us know since we've switched podcasting hosts. Uh, we've had some technical difficulties, but we'll get those figured out. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out some of them. They're, they're inexplicable. inexplicable. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll work on it. Anyway, thank yeah. you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. So long. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time. Can't see.